community content from Concentrate. You're up and Adam with Adam Montiel. here. Thanks so much for being up and Adam. My name is Adam Montiel. Appreciate this being the first podcast of your day. Thank you so much for connecting with me here. Clouds today, mild temps, low to mid 60s all over town and lows, very chilly, freezing in the North County, places like Paso getting down to 32 tonight, low to mid 40s in places like San Luis Obispo and the beaches. All right, so what have we got stacked up for your Thursday? Another visit from our friends at Zoo to You. They have a big event coming up this Saturday, their wild holiday. And uh, we're going to meet a barred owl. Now, this one has one wing, but these are those ones with those crazy eyes. And you can see these. I think these are around here, right? Well, we're going to find out. Lisa Jackson will be here from Zoo to You. And speaking of exotic animals, my friend Jeff has a first-hand account surfing and having interaction with a shark. Not He's fine, which is all that matters, but the story is... They're out there. They are out there. We'll talk about that with Jeff. Also, Robin Coleman. She is from the Woods Humane Society. I love Robin. I love the work of the Woods Humane Society. From Emily LaRoe, their CEO, all the way down to all the volunteers. Everyone there is just top-notch. Love chatting with Robin. We'll get to know about the Woods Humane Society and tell you a great biggest loser story of one of the dogs at the shelter. Busy day, lots to chat on. I got Doritos flavored booze and direct flights to Vegas, baby, beginning today. All in our lo-fi headlines. But first, we say thanks to our friends at General Store Paso for being up and at them, offering local goods, hand-picked gifts, a curated cookbook selection, and all the best for your pantry and home. The team of the General Store can help you pull together gift baskets at this time of year for anyone you can imagine. Closing gifts, welcome bags, or just a thoughtful gesture to show you care. Helping people connect with dozens of local makers is what these ladies are about. Celebrating 10 years on the park in downtown Paso. Open daily 11 to 6 and 10 to 6 on weekends. On Insta, find them at General Store Paso. 12th Street across in the park. Check them out. All right, now, Lo-Fi Headlines. Up and Adams, Lo-Fi Headlines. We're going to give Daddy the Rain Man suite. Do you dig that? We're going to Vegas, Mike. Vegas! Vegas. You think we get there by midnight? Money, we're going to be up 500 by midnight. Vegas! Vegas, Vegas, baby, Vegas! Slow got back its nonstop flight to Las Vegas, just in time for the holidays. Day number one today. Tickets were like 400 bucks to get on today's flight, though. Most of the flights seem to be about 289 a little over 3 Alaska Airlines will launch its first nonstop flight from San Luis Obispo or SBP to Las Vegas today. The direct flight will be offered daily from San Luis Obispo leaving in the morning and the flight from Vegas returning at night. Alaska will service the new route using an Embraer 175, which has 76 seats. Slow County Regional Airport also offers direct flights to San Diego, Portland, Seattle through Alaska Airlines, Dallas, Fort Worth, and Phoenix through American in San Francisco, LA, and Denver through United. All right, Doritos flavored liquor. This is a thing now. A spirit company in Denmark called Empirical. They partnered with PepsiCo, so it is an official Doritos liquor. It's supposed to taste exactly like their nacho cheese Doritos. It's 84 proof, so 42% alcohol. It's a little stronger than your average 80 proof liquor. They're calling it an uncategorized spirit. 
Obviously, it sits in a class all of its own. It's basically cheese-flavored vodka, let's be real. So it doesn't actually taste like Doritos, though. According to some folks who have tried it, it's ridiculously close. It does taste like Doritos. They infused it with actual Doritos. It also smells like them. A writer for Food & Wine magazine said it has a bouquet that's, quote, brimming with the unmistakable tang of cheese dust. They thought the aftertaste was a little more like Fritos, though, than Doritos. That's interesting. The evil genius behind this, a former chef named Lars Williams, who co-founded Empirical. He's actually been making Doritos-infused booze for years. It started when an employee came back from lunch with a bag of them. Lars saw a bag. Listen. One of the first members of our team, Hiro, had gone out for lunch and come back with a sandwich and a bag of Doritos. And at that time, I was still doing a lot of a lot, a lot of tests of distilling different things. So when he came back from uh, his lunch run, I took a look at the bag of Doritos and said, sorry, buddy, I'm gonna have to take part of your lunch and turn it into booze. And uh, we tried it and the result was amazing. They announced pre-orders yesterday. It's not clear how many bottles there are. I'm guessing this is gonna be a limited edition thing and they're probably gonna sell out 65 bucks for a 750 mil. Now, to get the lowdown on this is just a gimmick, would it even be good? What's the story when you see a brand do something like this? All right, to talk about it, we have a master distiller, good friend, and wow, the first time on uh, this version, Up and Adam, Adam's version, as we're calling it. Uh, it's a- Adam's Right, it's like a Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, Kimo Sabi. <laughs> Patrick Brooks, Tim City Distiller. What's hey. up, Kimo Sabi? What's going on? Kimo Sabi in the house? So, hey, I wanted to talk to you about a couple things, and we'll talk, I know your forklift parade is tonight. There's tons of stuff going on. Um, you know, you've got a sophisticated palate when you were reaching for a shot of this Doritos flavored liquor is now something that exists. When you see things like this, does this kind of, as a as a master distiller, does it gross you out? Is it like, oh, more the merrier? What are your thoughts when you hear about Dorito vodka? Well, dude, there, there's a lot of uh, questionable vodka products out there for sure. When I hear Dorito vodka, I want it. I yeah, exactly. It. <laughs> it sounds amazing. It does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I, I mean, bring it on. If it's nacho cheese, yeah. if it's cool ranch, I want it. Doritos, I'm in. Yeah, it looks like it's literally infused with it. So, I mean, are they taking the powder? Like, <laughs> can you break down how you one would even make something like this? Let's say you wanted to create something like, oh, you know, cheese puffs vodka or just make something fun for an, an event or, you know, <laughs> how do you even go about flavoring vodka to taste something like something so specific? I mean, what a gimmicky wild thing, but what you would definitely do, like, at, you know, ethanol is a great solvent, right? So it's going to extract uh, uh the, the flavor if you infuse Doritos in with the vodka. So you could go about it a couple ways. Uh, you could just have your higher proof vodka and throw a bunch of bags of Doritos in it, <laughs> let it soak. I, I don't know if that's going to be that good. But um, I mean, and, and then, you know, a lot of us have uh, gin baskets on our stills. So, like, as we were distilling the vodka, we could pack that gin basket, uh, which is normally you know, packed with herbs and botanicals with a bunch of uh, Cool Ranch Doritos. <laughs> and that would <laughs> that'd be the, the techie wild way to make it for sure. Uh, but <laughs> if, if, if vodka just has to be over, uh, you know, 190 proof and be tasteless and odorless. It can be made from anything under the sun, realistically. And uh, why not? Why not Doritos? 
<laughs> what kind of cocktails would you make with this? Oh, this has to go into like a, a Bloody Mary for me. A, like Ooh. a nacho cheese Bloody Mary for sure. And I'll even, uh, I want to have a grilled cheese sandwich on top of that Bloody Mary that has like broken up Doritos in it. You know, like that 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 sandwich you used to make with like the hot dog and the crunchy Doritos. On yes, top totally. Like yes, yeah. right. Like that is going on it for sure. And uh, if it's uh, if, if it's a cool ranch one, in that case, I think I'm definitely doing a martini dry up with some blue cheese stuffed olives. Would you ever consider you and the team that Tin City Distillery jumping on some sort of, you know, I mean, look, I've never even heard of this distillery before, and now everyone's talking about them. Or is it just a little bit too fly by nighty of something to get into? What do you think? No, this this is insane. Nobody's gonna drink Dorito vodka. I mean, I I, I hope not. Uh, but it's uh, I know I know I said I would bathe in it, but I don't know. It's uh, if you people who like vodka want it to be you know flavorless and non-romantic and definitely not like crunchy Doritos. So it might be a fly by night thing, but you know what? Hey, gimmicks work, right? I mean, people really really enjoy like those uh, the, like. A lot of them have like fake flavors, like root beer or like peanut butter right. flavored stuff. And right, like, peanut uh, butter is hot right now. Peanut butter whiskey, like the uh, with screwball, right? That's hot right now. Yeah, and I mean, I, it's probably not a, a super duper quality product, but they sell way more of that than we sell in city distilleries. So they're doing something right, I'm sure. Right, like screwball or uh, uh, you know some of these off off the wall flavors. Like, hey, try it. If yeah. it works, good for you. But yeah, Doritos, it's uh <laughs> that's a new one for me for sure. We got Patrick Brooks, he is the distiller and uh he's the owner with some friends in uh, Tin City Distillery. Of course you know Patrick and Tin City Distillery. Also um oh, the, yeah. the wine shine, the orange drink. I'm loving by orange the way drink, baby. The hibiscus pink lemonade vodka, the mango vodka. Oh my god, that is so freaking good. Also the uh you put another thing in a can, the um was it the blackberry bramble, is that right? That the, thing is the bramble, oh yeah. Yeah, that's, that, yeah. That was I don't know. So, you guys are just I mean, 2023 has been a huge year for you guys. You guys are expanding. You're getting into a barrel program. I mean, it's just so cool to see what Tin City Distillery is uh, been getting into. Uh, tonight's your forklift parade, and the forklift parade right there in our little drinking community with the farming problem. Good old Tin City. It's our our. Uh, uh, I call it the hundredth annual forklift parade, but that's a total lie. I'm not sure. I think it's like the fifth or sixth year we've done it, mm -hmm. and. Uh, it's for sure the most OSHA-approved forklift parade in America. <laughs> what are you uh, doing for your float? <laughs> well, I, I'm one of the MCs of the forklift parade, and so I'm going to be busy uh, up on stage making things up about our wonderful neighbors in Tin City. And uh, for, so the, the floats uh, themselves are all over the place. I mean. We it's, it's it's under wraps, so we got going on. Right. But the uh, uh, like last year, Fuel Recordings had this like this wild sound system that you could hear all the way in Slow County, you know, throughout Slow County. Dang. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, the the uh, Hubba gals had like a Elvis thing going on. So you, you really yeah, never cool. know 
what's going to happen at the at the portal. I'd say get there early. They got Santa there at five. They got some food for purchase. Get there early. I get a good parking spot. It runs down yep. Limestone Way, right off Marquita, the uh, Tin City Lights and Forklift Parade tonight. And then make sure you say hi to Patrick Brooks. Also, uh, another podcast host. You have a podcast called Quick and Dirty History. It is just that. It is like four to six minutes long. <laughs> They're little installments with a little bit of irreverence in there. All about American history, so I encourage people uh, to go check that out. Patrick, love you, my man, and I know we're going to hear more from Tin City Distillery on on this podcast. I love your support, and you know I love you, brother. Love you, buddy. Can't wait to drink some Dorito-flavored vodka with you, my brother. Patrick Brooks, Tin City Distillery. Check them out, of course, in Tin City and at TinCityDistillery.com, and check them out on your socials. All right, we're going to meet a barred owl coming up next with our friends from Zoo to You. Before that, let's thank our friends at McClintock's, the place to be since 1973. 50 years, McClintock's heritage with the steakhouse and the saloon. Happy hour from four to six every single day. They've got some great food specials there with the happy hour. I get a drink with the F. McClintock's Recipe 15, Maker's Mark collab exclusively created for our friends at McClintock's. Also, of course, those FMC 50th anniversary beans. You've had them in the steakhouse for a long time. Soon you're going to be able to get them on your shelf coming up in the new year. Learn more, McClintock's.com. Up in Adams, lo-fi headlines. Exotic animals all week long from our friends at Zoo to You. Yesterday, we had a two-toed sloth, about the cutest thing you can imagine at the Lobro Studios. Today, a barred owl. Lisa, thanks for being up in Adam. Good morning, Adam. Thanks for having us. Okay, so we are back with another exotic animal. This I've never seen. We've seen owls before, but I've never seen an owl with one wing. What kind of owl is this, and what's the story? This is Wizard, and he's a barred owl. See, he's got, like, bars on his chest. Oh, you're going to get me? You're going to get me? He's silly. He's actually a big cuddle bug. So, oh, gosh, it's probably been about 15 years. Um, a lady at night, because these guys are hunting at night, and they're not paying attention. They're just chasing after that mouse. And he went right in front of her car, and she did not see him. So she hit him, and she was smart enough to know, I need to get out of my car and check on him. And she saw that he was just stunned, uh, but his wing looked a little broken. Took him to the veterinarian, and they said, you know, when owls or any birds' wings break, it's like a glass tube, the way it shatters, because their bones are hollow. So it's really hard to put an animal like that back together. This is a great example of native wildlife that we get that's permanently injured and can't go back in the wild. Beautiful. So wizard, so the lady was able to, um, to save him. And oh. then they, they called us and said, would you like to give him a permanent home? And we just love this guy. I'm so glad that he's okay. Yeah. And that was a great, I mean, that lady did a great thing. She did. I think sometimes what people don't realize is they, they might hit an animal and it's just stunned. And if they get out and pick it up safely uh, and maybe get a box or something to put it in and then take it to a rehab facility, that it's going to wake up and it'll be fine. But what, what happens sometimes is it's stunned and then the next car that comes along, it oh. is, yeah, it might not even be dead. It, it might be safe. Oh. So uh, where is this owl normally found and what does it normally eat? Obviously this one couldn't be back in the wild like you mentioned because it would just be you know, a sitting duck for predators. Well, look at his colors. This kind of tells you a little bit about where you might find this guy. He is a forest owl. Look at those, he would blend, you wouldn't even oh, notice him. No. He could be sitting in a tree, him and his buddy, and you wouldn't even see him unless he was up flying. You know, one of the things, you can see that extra eyelid, I gotta point yes. this out, it's so fascinating. 
one of the things that they just discovered about owls, we always knew that that extra eyelid helps animals protect their eye. But have you ever been out at night and you see that uh, nighttime animals have that really bright eye shine? Yes. And that's how you can see them. Like you might not even see the fox in the field, but you see the eyes looking back at you. Well, you shine a light into a tree and you see an owl and it's like headlights in a tree. Their eyes are so big. Like if we had eyes as big as an owl, we'd have grapefruits for eyes. So their eyes are so big, it's, it's gonna give them away. They can't hide if their eye shine is that big. So that nictitating membrane closes up. The owl can still see out, but you can't see the eye shine. They can hide from either predator or prey. That's really cool. That's pretty cool. Wow, and these are around here? Yeah, you find these a little more south of here, swampy. Um, you can find find them in Florida. You also okay. find, um, but they're they're found um, around here. And what kind of owls do we have around here? We got great horned owls. We do. That's one of our biggest owls that we have here. Uh, we also have barn owls. Those oh, are the small ones. That's the one you see that a lot of the vineyards, the wineries, like to invite them into their with the owl boxes. Yeah, mm -hmm, with the owl yeah. boxes. That's a really good one. screech owls. We just rescued a couple of one of the smallest owls. They're called screech owls. And they're right here in our own backyard. I rarely see them, but yeah. people that live out in the wilderness a little bit more see them all the time. Yeah, you got to check out the, uh, I got the pics on the Insta and the video. This is really cool. We have uh, Lisa Jackson here. She is from Zoo to You. You can go to zoo to spell it out. And we got something going on this weekend. We do. Um, this Saturday from 3 to 6, we have our annual Christmas event. I'm so excited. It just gets better and better every year. This year we have... Uh, we're going to get you a chance to see about 80 animals and quite a few of them you're going to get to get up close and personal with and interact with. We have a wildlife show. Santa, of course, is going to be there along with Mrs. Claus and some elves. We have one of our donors. Turns out this was a, something I didn't know about them, but they are musicians and they're going to come and carol for us and play the guitar oh, and the cool. violin. That's so exciting. I love when you find out those little secret things about some of your uh, friends. Right, little hidden yeah. talents. Mm -hmm. So we were talking yesterday just how like incredibly, you know, how you guys pivoted during uh, the pandemic. And now, you know, we have always said zoo to you and now it's very much you to zoo where people can come there and see these encounters and check them out. And it's not even just, you know, of course we've got an event this weekend, but you are able to do this every day. Yeah, every day, if you can't make it to the event this weekend, don't worry about it. You can look, go online anytime. I suggest you go early. Um, you know, make make your plans ahead of time, and then you just you and your family can have a private encounter and interact with some of the most amazing animals. You know that little monkey that called nine one one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Root's still around. Yeah. yeah. I remember you brought Root to this backyard. I did. When he was a baby, baby. Oh, so I know, tiny. I was a while ago. Oh, oh my god. Well, gosh. she's much more capable now. Now let me ask you this. Yeah, she's calling nine one one and making the paper. Uh, do you still have those accommodations there at the zoo? Are you guys uh, still yeah, doing that? Yeah, we have. We and and they're doing really well. Our safari tents. Yeah. Even in the middle of winter. People are still saying, it's so cozy in there. In fact, I got a little too warm. Yeah. Uh, we have a beautiful heater in there. We close everything up. People stay nice and toasty. Um, and then heating blankets. So... Uh, it sounds like you're like in the middle of a, of a jungle because in the morning you're hearing all the natural sounds that these animals make when they wake up. Oh. All the calls they make. I, I've got a story for you. I had a guest the other day. I forgot to tell him because he, he was going to do the encounter. Him and his family were going to play with the animals the next day. So he didn't... He didn't meet Beals, my raven. Well, you remember Beals. He sounds like a person. Yeah. He, in fact, he sounds like my husband. 
And the guy in the middle of the night said he was sure there was a guy next to the tent. But it was Beale saying, who's my good boy? Who's my good boy? <laughs> and it, the next morning he said he actually had, he like found a stick and he was walking around like, because it is kind of out in the wild. No, you know? sure, you're in a rural area over there. We're 10 minutes away from downtown Paso. People are always so surprised that you can go, stay in the tent, drive 10 minutes and you can be at a fancy restaurant downtown yeah. Paso. But he was pretty sure that there was a guy, yeah. Lisa Jackson, Zoo to You is up and at them. The event this Saturday, it's called Wild Holiday. Go to zootoyou.org for more. Zootoyou.org. They'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow, we got a bobcat, a lemur, king snake. There's still a lot of exotic animals to share with you. You can learn more. Zoo to You, spell it out. Zootoyou.org and get tickets for their Saturday event called Wild Holiday. All right, kind of going from one exotic animal to another, my friend Jeff Swisher, he's a dear friend of mine, hosts a podcast called The Midlife Surfer. He is just that, a midlife surfer, and he had a midlife surfing surprise, a first-time experience for him when he had a first-hand encounter with a shark in the beaches off where he lives in Santa Cruz. Jeff, my man, thanks for being up and at him. First of all, Congratulations on your new endeavor, Adam. And oh. I'm really impressed with the frequency of your podcast. I have a podcast called Midlife Surfer um, that uh, now I'm getting to the point where I'm publishing once. It's going to be once a quarter at this rate, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> Adam, Adam's a dear friend, the great Adam Montiel. Montiel. I don't know why you don't perform, uh, pronounce your name that way. I think uh, you can get a lot more traction. Anyway, yeah, so I wanted to share a freaking shark story with you, dude. Are you ready for it? So you have a real shark story. You have a, a great white shark story from surfing in the waters of the California coast. Correct. So oh. um, I'm up in I'm up in Santa Cruz. I uh, I surf a beach called Manresa, Manresa State Beach. It's located in the northern part of Monterey Bay, south of Santa Cruz. I think La Selva is the town technically, or maybe Aptos, or maybe Watsonville. I should know that if I'm local. But anyway, it's a long, it's a west facing beach break, right? And so I would go, I'll go there instead of going in town. You know, there's all tons of spots in town, Santa Cruz. And um, if you've come up here and surfed, you know what I'm talking about. It's really crowded, blah, blah, blah. Unless you're doing it at sunrise on a weekday morning on, you know, December 15th, it's going to be crowded, right? So uh, with my buddy Craig, one of my, my best surf buds, went out to Manresa on a Saturday morning. Tide was pretty high. It was like a five and a half foot tide. It was still pushing a little bit. And um, waves were breaking way on the inside for, for those who know what it's like to surf on a beach break at high tide. Yeah, man. Occasionally, the bombs would go from the outside. I was surfing my 8.6 Jeff Timponi. Get pitted. Uh, any, um, I'd be really curious if there's concentric listeners. There's probably like two people who listen to your pod and have heard my podcast. So anyway, I have seen a shark at Manresa before. It's known as a sharky spot. That was what I thought would be my one shark story. So anyway, surfing on a beautiful, crisp December morning. My buddy Craig, we already know what the boards are. We know what the swell's doing. <laughs> okay, sorry. We wanted to catch a wave in, and there was just no swell. I mean, the, the, the set waves have come and gone. Any surfer knows you're waiting to take that one wave in. I, had, I was up against it, so I'm like, Craig, I got to go. He goes, you know what? I'll go too. So he turns. We start paddling in, and then I notice he turns and makes the shark symbol to me, meaning he puts his hand on his head, making a shark fin, like kind of does that real quick. And granted, there's plenty of surfers out in the water right now. I, it, it, it took me about five to six seconds to register. I knew what that symbol meant, but I didn't know if he was kind of messing 
messing with the other surfer next to me and he must have saw a shark and i thought oh all right so i turned to paddle in but before i'm greedy i want to catch one more wave in right so i'm paddling into shore and i stop and i pivot just to look over my shoulder to see uh if a wave was coming and when i'm halfway through my pivot to turn around a freaking shark comes up right beside me I swear to God, it sideswipes me. It slashes its tail. It cruised up right on me, did like a U-turn. My impression was that it was two sharks for a second, but I only looked long enough for like a, a set, you know, half a second. You know what I mean? It almost happened in slow motion. And I'm talking cruised up right on me, Adam. And I don't mean like from arm's length. I'm talking like it sideswiped my board. Oh. And, um, and there was another kind of kooky surfer with us that I didn't know in the lineup. And he goes, is that a dolphin? I remember that part. And I go, nope. And I go, we better go. I just go, nope, better go. And turn and just started paddling in and, you know, slowly, calmly paddling in. Um, but, you know, uh, um, oh. you know, being quick, but not being quick, but not in a hurry, so to speak. Right. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to yeah. like. I don't want to like splash around too much. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, if the shark wanted to get me, it would have just got me. Right. I think this thing was who knows, but I paddle into the shore. I'm totally spooked. There's another shortboarder that saw the shark that was waiting for me on the beach. And he goes, dude, you could have pet that thing. And I was like, what? He goes, man, you could have pet that thing. And he goes, that looked like, I don't know if you, any WSL fans, he goes, that looked like Mick Fanning. Mick Fanning at Jeffrey's Bay was attacked by a great white. Uh, I don't know if he was attacked, but he was bumped by one. Granted, this shark didn't, wasn't huge, I don't think. Um, and he said, it was cruising alongside of you as you were paddling in. And when you turned around to see if a wave was coming, it's almost like it startled it. It did a quick U-turn or something. And I saw that tail slash. And um, anyway, he said, I, I was my buddy Craig. We had since traded boards. I was on his CJ Nelson yellow outlier single fin. And uh, that's which is seven, six, seven feet, six. He goes, it was about as big as that board. And I was like, no way. And my impression in the one second that I, I saw this shark, I would guess it was probably five feet. So anyway, um, we both were spooked. I couldn't believe it happened. Um, the dorsal fin almost looked like amber. I do remember that. It looked like creepy, like slithery. And it was like, I wasn't fearful for my life, but more fearful for like, the, you don't want to get bit by it the way you wouldn't want to get bitten by a, a little coyote or a, a rodent or something like that, right? Like, it was just like creepy, like, ooh. Yeah. And we were so bummed because I love Manresa. And, you know, how do you in good conscience go out there and surf again, which I'm sure I will. But that is wild because these sharks will not, they don't want to eat you or anything, but they, they will do little nibbles to taste what you're about and yes. to see what you're bored or whatever this is. So, and of course, you know, a little nibble from, you know, six rows of teeth like that. I mean, that's enough to like that happened to that one lady where she cuts her leg and then, you know, she's gone. So it, oh my God, that's yeah. way too close for comfort, dude. It was way too close for comfort. I was kind of pumped. It happened though. Um, Cause it was cool to tell people about it. I, I don't want to tell my kids cause I want them to be I don't want them to be, I don't want Daniel at least to be fearful. My, my youngest to be fearful of the ocean. You know, they're out there, but yeah. you know, no one really gets attacked too often, especially, you know, here in, in Monterey Bay, but they're out there yeah. and uh, sometimes they'll cruise up on you. So yeah, I guess my advice would be do not surf a CJ Nelson seven, six outlier. That's bright yellow. That's what I told <laughs> Craig too. I said, dude, your board attracts sharks. I don't like it. There was an article maybe a month or so ago that talked about um, studies have shown that it was two colleges that that did this and they didn't name the beaches, but they were California and they they went from Monterey to Santa Barbara. So they're all our beaches here. And it was that these sharks are far more prevalent than we ever knew. But like you yeah. said in the beginning of this conversation, interactions are so low. They just want nothing to do with us. 
or you, in your case, you're a surfer. Right. So they're very rare when something like that happens, but of course, often catastrophic and traumatic when something does happen. That said, I recommend all surfers in Santa Cruz stay out of the water. I repeat, stay out of the water. <laughs> Don't mess and, with uh, my I, I may, and I, I may risk it. Yeah, and it's it's almost akin to I think of sharks in a way of mountain lions. They're they're around us all the time. Right. You know, if you're hiking Madonna down there, or you know. A big basin up here, whatever. Um, they're around, and they don't want anything to do with you, I think. Uh, I don't think sharks do either, except for those juveniles, which hang out close to the shore break, which which will sideswipe you from time to time if you have a yellow board. Does Darcy so, say, anyway. look, Jeff, don't go back, or or does she get a little bit worried, or does she know you're going to anyways, or what? She did not. She didn't say don't go back. I, I don't think she'd be pleased if I went back. And that was another debate we had. Do we tell our wives, you know? Oh, you got like, it. Yeah. Like, we can't tell our wives because we can't surf here anymore. I mean, we can, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, but you know, you know, you don't want to hear it, right? And, and I get it, too. I'm a father of two. Like, why risk it? But again, so many surfers, so little interaction. But my head will be on a swivel the next time I go out there, if and when I go out there. Yeah. I mean, I've already seen a shark out there before. Someone was fatally hit out there. I still, you know, paddle out there because surfing is such a dopamine hit, man. It just keeps you coming back for more. So um, that was the debate we had. And then right before we hopped in our cars, I said, no, nah, screw that. I got to tell Darcy. This is too cool of a story. Totally. So, um, so, but I, I would like to be known as a, I think I'm a survivor now. You know, I think I deserve <laughs> that. Obviously are. This is a safe space to talk about anything that goes down shark related when you're Thank surfing. You. Uh, Midlife Surfer podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. Jeff Swisher. Uh, love you, man. I'm so glad you're okay. And yeah, take a beat and just. I'm using it for pod content wherever wherever fine podcasts are found right and um i don't claim to be a big hardcore core surfer i am not in fact just been surfing for i don't know 13 14 years and you got to find whenever you find a cool story you got to share it and that that's among them so i don't surf i mean i did when i was a kid but i don't surf now into adulthood like you do but i love the way you tell a story and i love your podcast and it's a lot of fun to listen to and produce it's so much fun midlife surfer it's got a big uh blue kind of a tile with a surfboard in the middle thank you bro for being up and out appreciate you my man glad you're all right yeah man <laughs> <laughs> see you buddy get in it go back drop down say and then after that you just drop in just ride the barrel and get pitted so pitted just glad he's okay like I said, I don't surf, but I love listening to his podcast. It's the way he tells a story and the way he gets down into it is he's really talented. I like it. So check it out. If you're into surfing or know someone who is midlife surfer, it's available wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I've worked a long time, many years with our friends at the Woods Humane Society in San Luis Obispo. Robin Coleman is here on the show now. She is with Woods. They do some fantastic work. Looking forward to talking to Robin regularly here. Love the support that Woods Humane Society does for the community, for us here. Robin, it is great to chat with you. Thank you for being up and Adam. Hi, Adam. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. It's great to talk to you. I wanted to, you know, because the podcast has, you know, significant more reach than what I did on the radio. And we're seeing, I mean, now 37 states are listening to what we're doing here. And uh, even like in a few, four, five, six countries, I want people to know what the Woods Humane Society does. So when we have you on the show and we can know the great work that you do in San Luis Obispo County, but you are 
the stuff you do affects far and wide. We've seen you bring in animals from, you know, places that have like Texas floods. And I think you're going to tell me a yeah. story about Maui. But what? tell me a little <laughs> bit of background from and about Woods. Yes. And by the way, congrats. You are absolutely doing an amazing job. You are just so good at what you do. And I'm so glad oh. that even more people get to listen and learn and laugh with you um, every morning. That is so amazing. I'm so proud of you. Thank you but Rachel. yes, so for years, we have talked pets. Woods Humane Society, to me, is a one-of-a-kind special animal shelter. We are a nonprofit um, animal shelter here on the beautiful Central Coast. But this same messaging, these same stories, these same needs, these same um, relationships are, are going to go nationwide and worldwide. Everybody in every state and every city and every country has companion animals in their lives at some point. And there is, I guarantee, a county shelter, a nonprofit animal shelter, a private rescue that can use your support, can use your adoptions, can use your donations, can use your help sharing their causes, even on social media. So you all can follow us on social media at Woods Humane Society. We we have the best content, the cutest photos, great information shared, and just really helping make responsible pet owners, make people and pets happier and keep them together. Our little organization that I'm so very proud of, and I am the community engagement manager here at Woods Humane Society, and I am approaching 10 years of a bliss at this organization, and I love every single day. I come back for more, even though I get my heart broken very often. Um, <laughs> I come back for more all the time, but we are able to place 3,000 pets for adoption every year. And we're we're in a small little beach area, a small community, but we have so many animal-loving people that lets us do this work that we do. So 3,000 pets getting adopted every year because of Woods. We are able to spay and neuter uh, over 5,000 pets every year, and that is preventing a lot of unwanted and unplanned litters of kittens and puppies being born shelters are already overcrowded. So we're very proud of our affordable spay and neuter programs. We have a variety of dog obedience classes trying to help uh, dogs behave themselves so they can stay in their homes and don't ever end up at a shelter. We have a community pet pantry that shares about a thousand pounds of pet food every month with people in need. They have a loved cat or dog. They're going through a hard time financially. Instead of having to relinquish their their pet to a shelter, we can help them by giving a few bags of pet food to them, maybe a leash, a collar, a bed, whatever we can do to keep those people and pets together. I'm very proud of our community pet pantry. We have an awesome foster program that saves puppies and kittens and seniors and medical needs animals every single day. We love our community. We love what we do, but there's an animal shelter wherever you're listening from that is doing really great work and helping a lot lot of people and pets just like we do here at Woods. And I'm so glad that we get to continue to talk about people and pets because we were used to talking to each other every week. And, and I'm so glad that we still get to continue on some of that pet talk. Me too. And I know you guys recently brought in a dog from Maui. 
Yes. So, you know, we reach pretty far and wide. We are able to help our community and other counties that are in really bad situations. But recently, for the very first time, we were able to be a part of a transport with our friends at Maui Humane Society. Everybody knows what a difficult time they have went through recently. And if you can only imagine all the devastation for people and animals, all those animal shelters that had to step in, all the pets that were just displaced and we wanted to be able to help in any small way we could we put our name right away to somebody that could help um, transport make space whatever they need and um, it took a little while to work out the details but just last week we were able to welcome three Maui dogs to woods they're now going to be living the life on the central coast a little bit different of a beach life um, they might be a little chilly here the next few months <laughs> but they are happy they are healthy they are safe and two out of the three have already been adopted we have one sweet big eared dog that's waiting for his forever home um, so he's still available and what a cool story Adam if you were to say you adopted a dog at woods from their first transport from Maui I would love myself a Maui dog. <laughs> so cool. And then when you take the dog out to go potty, you have to say, we got to go shishi. That's what they say at home. Uh, shishi. Yes. There, we, there go. we go. Okay. We got this dog today, your pet of the week. His name is Monge. And this dog, this dog is like the biggest loser in the sense he went through a dramatic weight loss. He's doing great. I know he is the biggest loser in the best way. He is, oh, I love big dogs. You know, I have a Mastiff mix, a hundred pound Mastiff mix at home. Monch is one of those big guys and he has a big, big heart to go with his big self. Um, but he has a bit of a hard story. He has been with us in and out since 2022. He's been adopted a few times, brought back, not the right fit, didn't do well with the cat, didn't do good with the goats. He's just had a, a unfortunately not a great success with getting adopted but he recently came back to us about eight months ago and um i'm i'm sad to say he had put on 50 pounds in Ooh. eight months and that is a lot for a dog to have to carry around yeah. and even though we saw him and we were kind of like oh my gosh Monch, he's still so cute and he you know i mean sometimes those fat dogs are pretty cute but they're not healthy they're not comfortable and so we put him on this very regimented um, health plan and we restricted his food. He got exercise. So he is right at about 99 pounds down from 150, you guys. Amazing. And he launches our current pet of the week. You can check him out on our social media pages on our website, woodshumanesociety.org. He was in the holiday parade. He was the one that was in the back seat with me, Adam, as I was waving oh. and yelling at you last week. <laughs> He's a big hearted, silly boy. I will say probably a bit protective, a bit loyal. Um, he's going to bond to his person. He's going to make someone a really great companion, but he is desperate for a home. He has not had a stable home in two years. Let's fix this. We really want to get him a home before the holidays. We do think a home, probably single dog, because he can be a bit, like I said, he's those like protective breeds. He's an Anatolian shepherd mix. I have a Mastiff mix and they're kind of the same. They really like to be the center of attention. He can play with his doggy friends. I just don't know if he wants to share his home or person with a dog. Right. He hasn't done well with livestock and he hasn't done probably great with small kids because he jumps and grabs toys and he'll sit right on your lap. But we love
love Monch. We're desperate to get him a home. Check out his profile. Look at our website. Scroll through our adoptable animals. I love Woods. I hope you guys will learn to love Woods as we talk about Woods with you on your awesome new podcast, Adam. Thank you so much, Robin. I appreciate you more than you know. I love when we get a chance to chat with you. Go to woodshumanesociety.org. Robin, as always, thank you so, so much for being up in Adam. Munch. I love that he lost like 50 pounds. That's incredible. And it really, you know, goes to show you your dog. You know, I have a friend who's got a fat dog. These dogs are not happy. You know, when you see a dog just kind of struggling to get around, you know, I guess just like a human, right? But they can't regulate. We have to regulate for them what we're feeding them. So that is such a cool story. Biggest loser, Munch. Now he just needs a home. Let's give Munch a home. All right, tomorrow, more zoo to you. It'll be Friday tomorrow. That's something. Looking forward to the weekend. We're almost there. Our breaking and entering Christmas is still going strong. This is like that final, final, final way to get in and get involved. If you want to donate, you want to learn about this family, please, adamontiel.com. Click on the breaking and entering tab. Got a sweet text from Amy George. Her and her family have the Salinas River Ranch Christmas tree farm, which used to be a dairy farm. Then it was, uh, well, I guess first it was a hog farm. Then it was a dairy farm. And now they got more than 3,000 trees planted there, fulfilling an old dream of Amy's grandma. And I just think it's so sweet that they offered Christmas trees for our family and all the businesses. If you got something going on that you think this family could be blessed by, please reach out and let us know. Go to adamontil.com and click on the Breaking and Entering Christmas tab. And thanks so much to our friends at Dow Vineyards. Give the gift of Paso wine this Christmas. These are great gifts, gifts for clients, especially someone who loves tasting. They have these taste packs. You can taste the estate selection, the reserves, even a 15, 16, 17 of Soul of a Lion. Great for checking out many wines without having to buy many bottles. The wines come perfectly sound in a little 100 mil vessels. They're ready to go. Check out DowVineyards.com for more. So excited next week to introduce you to some new friends that are supporting the podcast and have some great local businesses. Can't wait to introduce you to them coming up on Monday. Tomorrow, we'll have the mayor of San Luis Obispo, Erica A. Stewart, will be up in Adam. Can't wait. Looking forward to that. She's going to break some news. She's got some big news, too. That's going to do it here. Thanks so much for having us be the first podcast of your day. You can go to adamontiel.com to stay connected. Ask any questions. Suggest something, someone, something you want to hear. Please let me know. Thanks so much to Dan Curcio, Moonshiner Collective, for the original music, Start Again. And thanks to Full Cup Solutions for technical consideration. My name is Adam Montiel. Thank you so much for rating, reviewing, subscribing to the podcast, wherever you listen, wherever it is. Thank you. Thank you for connecting with us. Have a great day. Thanks for being up and Adam. Start again. Let's start again.